0: Did you hear? I hear what? Tucker's in Moscow. Ah, Jesus. What's he been there? Yeah, the... He's a traitor. Yeah? That's what the media said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The... <clears throat> yeah, the Yuki's heads are exploding. This can't happen. He's, um... Yeah. How dare he? He was... Photoed. Maybe he himself didn't mind the photos being shared, but... It looked like it was done... On the QT, he was photoed in the Bolshoi Ballet. So, yeah. Done on has he finally got a, an interview with Putin lined up?
1: Done on the QT, although he um, he mentioned before now, like last... Yeah. He tried to go, or he tried to set it up a couple of years ago, and it got the kibosh put on it because...
0: Well, he, because he, national security Well, he, yeah he said it himself um, he got a message from a friend mm. who wouldn't talk to him over devices he wanted to meet in person mm-hmm. to tell him that people he knew were watching him or reading his, reading his messages yeah um, yeah this was no no you can't do that
1: and that made him uh,
0: that made him talk about it publicly
1: yeah, and think twice about it, obviously, or yeah. maybe. But then, obviously, it's, he can just decide to go and meet put whenever he wants, right? I mean, it has to be, it has to be a, has to be arranged. Um, yeah. So, but apparently, it's happened the same. So, certainly, given that they've been keeping tabs on him, um, it's not, it's not on the QT. To, it wasn't on the QT from the point of view of the CIA. You know, they were probably well aware of what he's up to. You know, uh, DCIA, CIA, or NSA, whatever. They were reading his messages and sending his messages to um, to people in Washington. He didn't mention who it was in Washington DC, but it's obviously some politician who wanted to give him a heads up, basically. That uh, you know called him up and said, "You're going to you're going to interview Putin." And he was like, "How the hell do you know that?" He's like, "Well, because I got your messages sent to me from uh, the nice people in Washington DC."
0: So, um. and if it's anywhere, it'll be shown on Twitter, of course. Yeah, on his show, yeah. On his, yeah. Which, you know, more heat from Musk. Anyway, um, this week we're probably going to mainly cover the strikes and counter-strikes again in the Middle East. Um This is like... The same as two weeks ago, where missiles were firing everywhere. It's not even clear who's doing what, but we have some idea. I think um, the main takeaway, if you were following Western media, is that the U.S. is proud that it has struck quote uh, IRGC targets mm-hmm. in Iraq and Syria. Yep, and that's meant to convey the people they may as well they may right. as well said yeah we hit Iran, but obviously that's not the case. Um, the first thing is, of course, that, uh, Actually, you, you, it was breaking news, but we were on the show last Sunday, you yeah. said it was being reported that three, three American soldiers were killed.
1: Just, yeah, just before we get off, uh, this is, the, this is the video, uh, just before we get off, Tucker, here's the bit about, uh, what he said a couple of years ago, um.
2: I got a call from somebody in Washington. This person said, You know, you're going to come to Washington anytime soon. Yeah, actually, I'm going to be up in a week. Meet me Sunday morning. So I go, and this person's like, Are you planning a trip to go see Putin? And I was like, How would you know that? I haven't told anybody. I mean, anybody. Not my brother, not my wife, nobody. How would you know that?
1: Great. I, that must have left out the hard work. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's not that <them> meeting. That's <laughs> yeah. not that meeting. But that's the part where he, then, right then
1: he says, uh, he says, uh, well, because I got sent your email, sent your your text messages were were snooped on by the NCRCA or whoever the alphabet agencies, and um, they forwarded them to me. They were spread spread them around Washington D.C. saying, did you know Tucker's going to go and interview Putin? Isn't that terrible? Aren't you all? Isn't he anti American? And yeah, like I said, don't know if that was planned at the time or whatever, but maybe it wasn't, in the sense that maybe he, because I think um, at the time, uh, Peskov, the Russian, uh, the Russian White House spokesman, um, what's the Russian White House called? The Kremlin. That's right. Uh, he said that um, that he would when he was asked. I think he was asked about at that time, a couple of years ago, when when that came out that Tucker might have been going there, Peskov was asked, and he said, you know, Putin has no problem talking to American journalists, but at the minute he's going to wait until uh, the kind of hysteria and rabid anti-Russian sentiment amongst uh, the Western media has died down a bit, because there's just no point, you can imagine, like, why would Putin talk to any Western standard mainstream media journalist, when all they're going to do is throw bullshit, (laughs) bullshit questions his way, you know, like, Questions that amount to, uh, you know, have you stopped uh, beating your wife yet? So, um, yeah, but maybe the time, but it's not that that's changed. That's just got worse since then. When would it ever bad. die down? It would happen? never die down. But, yeah, if anybody's going to get a, an audience with Putin, it's going to be uh, Carlson, from, anybody from the West, uh, because he's basically open-minded. So, anyway, yeah, back to, um, yeah. Armageddon. This has been going on for, what is it, October 7th, four months now?
0: October, uh, November, December, uh, January, yeah, okay. So
1: this kind of like war with Iran has been going on for four months. <laughs> We've been at war, we, well, we last, collectively in the West have been at war with Iran for four months and you didn't know it, Neil. You, were ex- you didn't know because you were expecting it to all go per between before now. <laughs> I mean, you have thought that if the West was at war with Iran four months in, it would be well past Armageddon. Oh, it would yeah. be, Armageddon would be done and dusted. We'd yeah. be dealing with it. With
0: we'd be in the new world now. Yeah. I think we'd be fine again.
1: But you see, America doesn't want escalation in the Middle East. Yeah, they it just say want
0: that, it wants to keep things the way they are. Yeah, I have a statement from Lloyd Osman, who's back, actually, exactly saying that. Um, okay, so when the news broke last week, um, what the thing that struck us first, you mentioned it maybe on the show or to me in the meantime, is that this is strange. This is unusual from other reports from the Pentagon in that up front, they're saying three U.S. troops have been killed mm-hmm. and releasing their names mm-hmm. and photos. Mm-hmm. That never happens. Mm-hmm. Not in the last X number of years. Um, and then all week long, the they were, were kind of dropping hints. You remember like Wednesday and maybe Thursday, it was like, They're putting out feelers in the press that uh, Biden's gone into the secure room and, you know, any minute now, any minute now. And you could could almost feel the excitement from Washington all the way across the Atlantic that they were about to bomb Iran any day. Um, I I forgot where I saw this, but I think there Mm. is a statement, and it's revealed by an Iranian official response, that the U.S. government, the reason why it was weapons hot maybe all week long was because they were attempting to bargain directly with Tehran about letting the US conduct limited strikes mm-hmm. against their country. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like, look, we're just going to hit just a few places. I mean, an empty building, whatever, just let us hit something and then the deal is you won't fire back and we'll get to report to the American people that, quote, we hit Iran, mm-hmm. that we got them back for mm-hmm. what they did to our boys mm-hmm. and girls. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's revealed by the Iranian response is this, is do you remember of that do you, I I don't have a link that shows that this kind of bargaining was going on but anyway it's the it reminds me of 4 years ago it's like deja vu you know when Soleimani was assassinated there was a week of tension and then the Iranians quote got revenge and the Americans said okay done mm mm-hmm. mhm and it was I think was it revealed that there have been intermediaries in Switzerland arranging for how that would happen. So the bases the base that was hit the Al Assad air base mm-hmm. that the US is positioned in northern Iraq wasn't surprised by what was about to happen. Mm-hmm. Um so it was kind of a bargained arranged tit for tat. I mean that's that's ridiculous. That's not a war But, you know, that that's both sides know that it'll be limited to this. So the same thing was happening this week. Um, okay, so limited strikes against Iran. That's what, you know, the Warhawks like Lindsey Graham were. Hit Iran hard now. Um, but by week's end, they changed that to we're bombing Iran-backed militias in Iraq and Syria. Uh, 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 maybe they think Americans don't understand the geography. of the, that That's two different countries. Not, that's not mm-hmm. Iran directly. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the whole thing is smoke and mirrors. Like, if you go back to last Sunday, the Jordanian government very clearly stated that the attack that took place with a drone, three dead Americans, 28-some injured, did not happen in their country at this Tower 22 place but at the U.S. base across the border in Syria. Al-Tanf or at I'm not sure mm-hmm. which of the spellings is correct. So look at this. Only the Russians, as far as I'm aware, um, bothered reporting that. I saw it in AP. AP put it in their write-up of the attack. <clears throat> they put it, uh, <laughs> the last sentence, um, it just simply said, Jordan denies that any attack took place in their country. Mm -hmm. But the whole article assumes that that's what happened. So here's a more um, complete response from Jordan. Jordan says attacked U.S. base is located in Syria. Um, Carried in task the Russian news agency. Jordan has refuted Biden's statement that U.S. forces were attacked in Jordan's territory. Mm -hmm. And the statement comes from the Jordanian Minister of Communications Mubaidin who says the U.S. base that came under an attack is located outside Jordan. Mm-hmm. And specifically, it's instead Al-Tanth area. Maybe not the base directly. Who knows? No one's quite sure what's going on in al It's been a black hole ever since ISIS appeared in mm-hmm. pretty much the same area. It's called. It's it's referred to as the 55-kilometer zone. It's more than just the U.S. base. There's other stuff going on there, too. It's very murky. mm mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> And that's it. That's the rebuttal. Now, since then, Jordan's played ball. And as <laughs> I don't know if they've issued a formal updated statement, but they're, they're certainly playing ball by playing along with this. So I think that's, that's one possibly a – it's the first thing that tells you, okay, this is contrived. There's something else going on. Something real happened for sure. But why mask the fact that it was in Syria? brought out in Jordan, mm-hmm. and it's probably something to do with what goes on in that base like I said.
1: Here's, there's a map there. Um, <coughs> it's uh, yeah. So there's Tower 22 which is inside Jordan uh, and then the all Tanf or base is just over the border. Um, so I mean the reason for saying that Tower 22 was hit was because that's in Jordan and therefore the US has a right to
0: right exactly. right
1: to a right to respond let's say uh, in, in, in assistance to its ally Jordan exactly uh, but it them if it's Al-Tamf base then that al base brings attention to Al-Tamf base and
0: the fact that it's uh, therefore legitimate for it to be attacked
1: you know well, it's illegally held it, it, it's, yeah. it, it's it's an mm-hmm. American base uh, in in Syria uh, illegal under international law uh, the u s was never never invited in there, uh, and it 's one of many, many places uh, a, a significant part of of Syria that the u s is occupying illegally so far, anyone in the area <clears throat> from Syria or even from Iraq to attack that base is would be legitimate, so they 'd rather not talk about that in that context they they claim it was tower twenty two i mean it was just it was just flagrant. Lying basically to the public, you know, let's just go with Tower 22. Say Tower 22 is hit because that's you know a peaceful American military base in Jordan and it's you know there at the invitation of the Jordanian government and the evil evil Iraqi militias, whoever uh, attacked it, therefore we're going to respond. But obviously, that isn't the case, and that's why Jordan said actually, this wasn't Tower 22, it was and obviously Al Tamp, Al Tamp base, like you're saying, would be a prime target because that's where, um, yeah. Jihadis, Western-backed jihadis. One of the areas where Western-backed jihadis are, are, are you know, formed. Kind of like, um, you know, uh, what do you call them? Saruman's orokai in Lord of the Rings. Mm. They grow them out of the ground there, um, out of the mud.
0: Yeah. Well, you know how it began. It began because a hundred thousand refugees gathered there, trying to get into Jordan, mm. when ISIS mm-hmm. came out of the desert in 2014. And so it began as a protective justification. It was to protect them. It's still saying it's been turned into a terror factory.
1: And you notice in that map, who is this person anyway? I don't know who posted that. Josh Rogan. Who is Josh Rogan? Washington. Okay, a Washington Post columnist. Um, Notice he's stuck on the map. Regime held Syria. (laughs) Right. Imagine putting a mark, a a mark, uh,
0: uh, a text on a map like that you know you may as well put like well, regime held america but this is how the american military justify what they're doing there they say if you go there's a wikipedia page on it they say what their purpose there is it used to be to help the refugees but that's dwindled now they've either returned to where they were from in syria or they've gone elsewhere mm. now there's like a few thousand of them. now the updated wikipedia page says the u.s military is training not the free syrian army that was the old iteration in 2013. Now it's the Syria Free Army. They just switched the words around, mm-hmm. they're, and they're called the, the Syria Free Commando Something Unit. And like, so as he would see it, this is where we're producing freedom, and the regime hell is the illegitimate. You know, yeah. now they can't seriously make that claim, but so they don't use it. But that's what they tell each other on the ground there well, as to why we're here, why mm-hmm. we fight. You know. I, I don't know if this is related. I've got a side note thing. The Jordanians, in quotes, because who knows, Jordan is full of U.S. air bases, um, have, have been conducting airstrikes inside Syria as well over the last month. Jordanians? Yeah, on mm-hmm. at least three occasions. Ostensibly, one is also last week, ostensibly to quote combat drug smuggling. Mm-hmm. Um. One of them actually reported by the Syrian Observatory for Human Rights. You remember that group that was all about listing Assad's crimes. In fairness, that group does cover a lot of incidents that happened there. The observatory condemned what it called a massacre, which killed women and children in a village which is in uh, Suweda. It's not in the same area. It's further down. It's closer. It's more like directly due south of Damascus. And that was last week. And they noted that it was the third time so far this year that Jordanian warplanes have violated Syrian territory. What's weird about that is the Jordanians themselves say, <coughs> that wasn't us.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. <laughs> because technically, it's not because basically Jordan's military. It's an American military. Uh, you know, they get all of the weapons from the U.S. Except, you know, Jordan is, to a large extent, a U.S. protectorate in the Middle East. Like, like you know, they try to do with so many different countries in the Middle East, you know, um, and all well, for israel, obviously um,
0: so yeah, um so Friday night the the retaliation finally comes. The Pentagon says it 's eighty five sites in this part of Syria, eastern Syria, and northern Iraq, um, and it was all choreographed such that biden 's at the ceremony in which the coffins of the three soldiers come back to the u s after which, the bombers take off, um, mm-hmm. fly all the way over there, do the thing. So, th- it w- is that the case that the, the the strikes were carried out by U.S. bombers, not by ships in the area, or from bases? Certainly, from bases in the area. Pro- probably, it's probably combined. I mean, they, they it's
1: they weren't flying bomb. Maybe they did just for fun, one or two. Maybe they tried to flew. I mean, I think I saw reports saying they, they they used bombers that, that flew from the U.S., which is kind of ridiculous, you know what I mean? Uh, they did fly, you know, 7,000 miles or something um, from the U.S. just to, just to bomb Syria uh, when they've got uh, military bases all around the area, you know.
0: Uh. Well, the AP write-up <clears throat> of it is dozens of strikes launched by long-range bombers. Hmm from the U.S., targeted Iran's Revolutionary Guards Corps, IRGC, um, and affiliated militia groups. I love how they're just just an (laughs) add-on. Just hours after Biden received the remains of the three service members. Um, The strikes began at midnight Friday. 85 targets, 125 precision munitions. 125 over 85 doesn't sound like much, you know? Yeah. Yeah because it's just all
1: for for sure here's the you're talking about those uh, I mean this is back I can't find anything either I saw it somewhere but obviously we know it's the case that Washington uh, that the US conducts has done that in the past um, where they've contacted Iran and said listen we're going to attack you and so when you respond uh, only attack uh, in a proportional way don't do too much don't, don't be going crazy and then Iran says okay we'll do that and you just let us know when to go you say start and then we'll all go, right? Mm. So this is from... Um, this is from 2020, which you mentioned there, and if you just scroll down... Um
0: Paywall. Or hmm? should post... You can't scroll at all? You can, no. but then... Uh, can you...
2: Well, I can, I, I can hack the website, but... Uh, try and
0: hack the website. Uh,
1: if you... Why don't you re- refre- <laughs> refresh and, uh, and yes. stop it before it loads fully. I usually do that in a minute. Instant hack. <laughs> there you go. Oh, there we go. Oh my God, guys! Don't be
0: revealing. Don't be revealing methods and sources. Uh,
1: so, if you scroll down, yeah, it says uh, it's just basically talking about um, about Trump. Trump's time in office, and when he when he fired, whenever he greenlighted the assassination of Soleimani, and then, um, um okay, so the twenty twenty attacks on the Al Assad airbase. Can you see that there? No, down a little bit. Yeah. The 2020 attacks in the al on a facility in Ibril had raised fears in the United States, would respond with actions that could ignite an enduring conflict. After the killing of Soleimani, T- Trump warned that any Iranian response would be met with a forceful one by the United States. He wrote on Twitter that it would be hit very fast and very hard. But even as Trump spewed fiery threats, his administration was attempting to stave off reprisals from Iran that could have spawned things out of control. The Wall Street Journal reported that the United States sent messages in the days after the assassination to Iran by the Swiss right. embassy in Tehran, using <clears> it urging it not to escalate things further. It appears that the back-channel messaging worked. Uh, Iran appears to be standing down, which is good for all parties concerned and a very good thing for the world, Trump said in his address. Uh, so, and then, so that that was, that's obviously back-channel talking, basically saying, listen, um, probably in advance, maybe even you could you could presume that they told him in advance, listen, Iran, we're going to kill Soleimani. Um, you can respond, um, you know, appropriately but don't go too far this isn't like basically what I'm saying is when we kill Soleimani um, that doesn't mean we're starting a war with you so in order to save face you guys obviously are going to need to respond you're going to need to use a lot of rhetoric in the press and stuff and for your people and say this is a extreme violation of our territorial uh, integrity and it's oh, that place in Iraq but okay whatever
0: yeah it's an assassination
1: it's an assassination of blah blah so anyway you're going to get very, and they did get worked up about it and said all, all sorts of things. But then, and this just, um, this is just an article from Swiss Info basically that showing that Switzerland is the nexus point for these kind of um, situations. Uh, and this is from around the same time as tensions rise between the United States and Iran. Switzerland's, Switzerland's role as intermediary between the two countries has turned to the spotlight. Uh, on Sunday, the Swiss envoy representing U.S. interests in Tehran was summoned by Iranian authorities in protest over were threats made by U.S. Donald Trump. Trump said the U.S. would target Iranian sites if Tehran attacked American citizens or assets in retaliation for the killing of military commander Qasim Soleimani. Yeah. Uh, Iran had threatened their revenge after the U.S. confirmed Friday that Trump had ordered the strike. Blow. Um, so as part of, actually, the Swiss foreign ministry confirmed a meeting that had, that had been held under the protective power mandate. Uh, and that's a term they use. And... Switzerland has exercised this power mandate for the U.S. and Iran since 1980, um, and it actually has, it does it for six six different. It has six different um, protective power mandates, i.e., channels between different groups. Maybe they're all between America, anyway, and someone else. But anyway, that's what Switzerland does. So all of that is to say simply that, yes, of course, this was probably, the same channels were used in the same way this time as well, which was, look after uh, those Iraqis, um, the Iraqi PMUs, um, Popular Mobilization Units or Popular Mobilization Forces, uh, after they attacked Al-Tanf base and killed three of our soldiers and we went public with it we are going to respond in a few days and you know just understand that that's what it's for it's it's, it's we're responding because we've decided to use this um this event this opportunity um in order to garner public support for the Biden White House in a presidential election year. Um, I, mean, this a, I mean, this would be the full conversation that the Americans would have had with the Iranians. Would have been, look, <coughs> the Iraqi militants that you, you know, to support, support to one extent or another, have attacked our bases 165 times in the past four months. We have We have not until now admitted to any casualties any, any deaths, although they definitely very likely were, but we, are, we can easily cover those up uh, but we're using this event to go public we 're going to go public with the death of these three soldiers on this occasion yeah we're going to go full press coverage like you were just saying, interviews
0: with the parents uh um, coffins having Pop. the ceremony with Biden these, exactly for these deaths
1: yeah for these particular ones we're, we're choosing to go with these ones um, just because why not we got to pick one of them and it seemed appropriate Um and in fact it's you know there were three you know lower level military personnel that were killed so we don't have to expose who, you know, it's not, it's not a problem in exposing who they were. Mm. I mean, if these were three CIA officers or if they were like the Navy SEALs, whatever, we don't do that. Or if there were more high-level intel operatives within the military intelligence who were involved in running jihadis out of a tank tam- base, we obviously can't go public with any of that. Mm. But these three guys, we can do. So that, that's why you end up having um, headlines like this in the BBC, Biden attends transfer of US soldiers killed in Jordan. And of course, they were killed in Syria. Yes, so so the response was not really the point. The point was what you see right there, yeah. which is for Biden to have that grumpy grandpa look in his face, um, and to have that video footage and stuff, so that he can look presidential, presidential, and he can kind of galvanize the country around these, you know, the 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 sadness, the terrible, you know, death of these three military military uh, three soldiers. And that's good for the Biden White House and good for his image in a presidential year. So that's why we've done that. Now, the fact that we're doing that means that we're going to have to respond because we can't dump that on the population. Yeah. And then not actually respond because our population tends to be a bit kind of like jingoistic and kind of like rabble-rousy and that kind of stuff. They want some blood like, you know, uh, whenever we put that, when, when we jerk their emotional chains in that way, we have to give them some relief. So well, we let's have put, to respond. Yeah. So listen, Iran, this is what it's all about. This would be the longer conversation, but Iran understands it all. and and so that's why we're going to then target these bases. So just to understand all that, don't be going crazy and like starting yeah. something because we're not looking for an escalation. We just like shooting missiles at things, you know. It it's drumming up support, drumming up business for the military industrial complex every time we fire a missile. So we got to do that now and again because you know we can't keep that stuff in stock all the time. We got to use it. Um,
0: um, yeah, but we're not interested in a wider conflict, you know. We'll tell the American people we've hit Iran in quotes, mm. even though you didn't. So it's simple for an attack against us in Jordan, even though it wasn't. It was in Syria. Yeah, and what we will obscure is who is, who exactly was hit. Mm. Yes, indeed, there are links to Iran, but only in the sense that Soleimani, ironically, was the one who was instrumental in helping these militias form in mm. 2014. But overwhelmingly, they were an organic. Uh, response from within Iraq and Syria to Islamic State. People have forgotten. I think Islamic State covered half of Syria or mm-hmm. more, and about a third of Iraq. They were almost a Baghdad in 2014, and it created a huge counter response. Mm-hmm. To this day, there's something like the Wikipedia page on the Popular Mobilization Forces estimates a quarter of a million mm-hmm. fighters, I and mean, they keep calling them militias. That's because they've agreed to keep them, not official military. But since 20-something, 1920, Who? maybe 2020, the PMUs are yeah. now officially deputized to the Iraqi military.
4: Yeah,
1: yeah. They're part of the Iraqi military. Yeah, and, they
0: but they, the West <coughs> doesn't want to talk about, doesn't want to describe them accurately. They mm. much prefer to call it, it's just Iran being... They're interfering in other countries and that's why we need to be there to help police the region because Iran is yeah. just going crazy. You know? yeah.
1: yeah, I mean, this this from the Voice of America. Iran-backed militia official downplays U.S. strikes in Iraq. This is from just uh, yesterday. Uh, Iranian-backed militia, and then if you scroll down to the, like, what is that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, but 10th paragraph. Iraqi spokesman al-Awadi condemned the strikes as a violation of Iraqi sovereignty particularly since some of them targeted facilities of the Popular Mobilization Forces. The PMF, a coalition of, again, Iran-backed militias, was officially brought under the umbrella of the Iraqi armed forces after it joined the fight against the Islamic State in 2014. Uh, well, and again, again, but in practice, it continues to operate largely as head of state control. Well, how do you know it? You know, I mean, no, it's not. At this point, the p- and then the second paragraph, Popular Mobilization Forces said in a statement Saturday that one of the sides targeted was an official security headquarters of the group, in addition to 16 killed it said 36 were wounded while the search is still ongoing for bodies of others. Um, and then if you go to... So those are that's the Popular Mobilization Forces, which is an Iraqi group under the Iraqi Ministry of Defence, although, according to some, it operates on its own, whatever. But um, all you have to do is... I mean, I don't recommend going... Well, I mean, Wikipedia has its usefulness, but um, this is the Popular Mobilization Forces page on Wikipedia. And you see there in the first paragraph. Uh, it, 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 yeah. Anyway, first paragraph. Popular mobilization units as a group was formed in 2014 and have fought in nearly every major battle against ISIL, ISIS. So we have a situation where the U.S. is targeting the main group that fought on the ground face-to-face against ISIS, mm in Iraq during the ISIS years, and now the US is, and maybe it it has always attacked that group, because as we know, ISIS was, to a large extent, a creation of the West and Israel with their partners in Saudi Arabia uh, and a couple of other countries, which were, whose purpose was the group of that, Of ISIS, that jihadi group was just a bunch of mercenary jihadi mercenaries for hire, put together by the West, Israel, and Saudi Arabia, to primarily overthrow the Assad Assad government. Uh, So, of course, America didn't do much in the the way of attacking ISIS. It was their their own creation, and it had its uh, the goal of ISIS was to to do America's work in the Middle East, i.e., primarily overthrow Assad. And during that whole time that the U.S. was funding and arming and training groups like ISIS and and Al-Qaeda in the Middle East to try and overthrow, to make a mess of the Middle East and primarily, like I said, overthrow Assad. You had the Iraqi uh, Popular Mobilization Forces, certainly backed by Iran, who were trying to stop ISIS while America was encouraging them. Um, But on that, just if you go back to that, it says, also many of its main allies, in particular the Shias, but again, the popular mobilization units in Iraq are not just Shia's, they're Sunni uh, as well, as well as other groups, so it's not and obviously Iran is Shia but they're not only Shia, they're Sunni groups, Sunni members within them as well. Uh, Trace their origins to the special groups again, Wikipedia can't help itself, Iranian-sponsored Shiite groups which previously fought an insurgency against the United States and coalition
0: forces. In the Iraq War. In the Iraq War. This is, yeah, there's a thread running through all of this that the United States narrative making is trying to dance around, mm-hmm. that they're essentially still fighting the same source mm-hmm. in the Middle East as it has been it's, since post-9-11 years. It's, 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 it's the people there don't want American bases Yankee go in home. the fucking country anymore. Yep. And they said it. Look, look at the uh, – and, you know, in a sense, the United mm-hmm. States – it's a war, so you know, all's fair and love and war. They have a right to do what they did as retaliatory strikes. But say what it is you're because they did indeed kill your soldiers at that base in Syria. But say what it is that you're doing. It's covered in this wishy washy bullshit. Here's here's the actual statement from so the rationale that the PMU fighters in were they in Iraq or Syria? Who knows? The, the whole area is an open borders on it. Mm-hmm. As to whether they're in Iraq or Syria is, is vague, you know. So the Iraqi resistance group, PMU, we just described, claims responsibility for the attack on the U.S. base in Syria. This is interesting because this is the Turkish news agency right above it. And they talk about it being Jordan mm-hmm. the whole way throughout. So if you scroll down, it's a short piece. Um, okay, so the PMU claimed responsibility Sunday for last week for the drone attack at the Al-Tanf US base in Syria. Mm -hmm. The people in the region aren't going to play this bullshit. Mm -hmm. Pretend it was Jordan. They know it was Syria, so they're saying it's Syria. Um, The group stated that it launched an attack. Um, Now, they give two specific names. They're from the same Al-Tanf area, but it's Ash-Shabadi and Rukban bases in Syria. So there's probably more than one facility over there. It's not Mm -hmm. just... Al-Tanf is like the general area, but anyway. As well as, they're also claiming the naval facility in occupied Palestine. That's a reference to the Israeli naval facility at the Haifa base that was hit with a cruise missile Mm -hmm. about 10 days ago now. Mm -hmm. Um, And they say this is in response to the massacres committed by the Zionist entity, Israel, against our people in Gaza. The group added that it will continue its attacks on the strongholds of the enemies. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's what they won't ever link. They won't ever link things in the Middle East, going back to U.S. occupation of Iraq and the fact that people generally want the Americans gone, mm-hmm. certainly in some of the countries, maybe not Jordan, for example, but in Iraq and Syria, for sure. Mm-hmm. And they will never link it to Israel and what's going on there right now in Gaza. The American people, all they hear is the IRGC, which is used to be, in, back in the bad old days of the, the, the Gulf War, it was, you know, Saddam's Saddam's Republican guards. That's it. They just hate us. Mm-hmm. We've got to get them because they hate us. And now it's mm-hmm. just the IRGC. They're stationed all over the Middle East. And so we're just going to attack them because they hate us. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's phony. It's a phony narrative. Give the real reason why you just bombed 85 sites in two countries. That aren't were not Iran, right? And don't tell the American people we just bombed around. We got them back for our boys. It's bullshit.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, it's actually, you know, it's bigger than that. Obviously, you can you can expand it out to, you know, uh, what what the US is in the Middle East for at all. You know, um, if you look at um, this again. Sorry to rely so much on Wikipedia, but um, it, if you go into legality, and in the second paragraph, is the U.S. has called the Al Tanf base a counter to the Russia, Syria, Iran coalition's residual influence in the area.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's
1: naked geopolitics. So it's the, the Al Tanf base, which is an American base for you know training, arming, training. Uh, jihadis moderate rebels which they call them jihadis al-Qaeda type jihadis ISIS type jihadis to wage war against you know governments that it doesn't like in the Middle East Um, and in this case Al-Tant base is in Syria on Syrian territory and they call it in part they call it the base on Syrian territory a base a US base to counter Syria's residual influence in the area (laughs) in their own country Right. in Syrias on Syrian territory so yeah obviously it 's a broader geopolitical game being played here, and people need to understand that all the time obviously um, if you're try- if you want to
0: understand what 's really going on, you have to keep the bigger picture in mind um, and just for the just for documentary records, put this one up there 's one of dozens there 's loads of middle Eastern media reports about this um, about Al-Tanf being an ISIS factory. So this is 2018 headline in Press TV, U.S. forces training terrorists at 19 camps inside Syria. They may be, you know, of varying types of facilities, just a house or something, but probably including actual camps and uh, fortified bases, you know. So a military expert at a diplomatic school run by the Russian foreign ministry says the Pentagon is training dozens of terrorists in war-ravaged Syria. Vladimir Kuzin with the Moscow State Institute of International Relations says the camps were receiving weapons, munitions, fuel, food, and other supplies from 22 military bases outside Syria, presumably in the region, though. And that Americans were training terrorists at the Altham military base in the south of Syria. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's just a Russian, but there have been dozens of Russians and others in the Middle East who have pointed this out. It is secret, though. It is hard to get. Like, You're not going to get the photos of them doing it. You can't – maybe there's satellite imagery if someone could just, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. leak that to the public. But um, it's all very it's, – it's black ops stuff. So, of course, people will count to, well, hang it's just a Russian source. You know, who's, who's going to believe the Russians? Well, true. But, like, the subject matter here is black ops.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And, you know, they're seriously They're going to do whatever it takes to protect that. From from being you know,
1: yeah, and the Russians obviously generally know. know. The Russians are well aware of it. Um, I mean, this. I mean, again, this is history. But you have to go back two thousand sixteen. Uh, this report: uh, US jets showdown with Russian warplanes over Syria after bombing of Pentagon Pentagon-backed rebels. Um, blah blah blah. Hmm. The U.S. military official held a, held a video conference with Russia in which they expressed concern about the attack on the coalition-supported counter-ISIL, quote-unquote, forces at the Altanf garrison. Um, right. So basically, the, the, the Russians dropped a bunch of um, cluster bombs on Altanf for. They base on yeah. part of it back in 2016 because they knew that's where a bunch of jih- yeah. jihadis were coming out. And no doubt, and of there course, were casualties. American and it's called Pentagon-backed rebels.
0: <laughs> Pentagon-backed rebels, Iran-backed militias. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Russian-backed
1: terrorists. It, it's like proxy war up the wall. Like, there's it's no, no such problem thing problem. as actual war anymore. And this no. is like we've been saying all, all along. Anybody, I mean, within the past few years, people have been you know wetting their pants a little bit. About Except it, Ukraine. About
0: Ukraine is honest to God front lines. Well, there's plenty trenches of trenches and everything.
1: Well, not no, but no, but I mean it's proxy war. That's by definition a proxy right. war. You know what I mean? It's it's the proxy war par excellence. But all of this is proxy war. Um, proxy wars are the only show in town, and have been for quite a long time. For the past, you know, uh, yeah. fifteen or twenty years, it's all been about proxy wars, i.e., the West. You know, geopolitics, America in particular, and its allies, its Western allies, but primarily primarily America. Um, trying to maintain its hegemony in the world by uh, pushing back peer competitors like Russia and China, and them prevent them from spreading their influence. And they do it by arming and training groups in other countries to fight against Russia and China uh, and any other of the nation states that might be aligned with Russia. Then they get fought against again via proxy forces.
0: Yeah, and in um, general. Each side understands that where there are, quote, advisors, you don't hit them. But and this it has is, happened. I suspect there was all kinds of things going on in Syria in 2015, 16, 17. Um, Russians cluster bombed Al hanf mm-hmm. Then there was this thing where something like 400 Wagner, Wagner, again, proxy, mm-hmm. PMC, mm-hmm. were killed mm-hmm. in American strikes somewhere mm-hmm. also in Eastern mm-hmm. Syria. So they, all the, the, the lines record. are crossed, but it's off the, off the record. Plausible deniability on both sides. It's proxy. Both sides get to save face and back. And that,
1: that's a that's a, a result of the reality and effectiveness of MAD mutual or destruction. Yeah. When America, as a global hegemon, nuclear nuclear powered nuclear nation, um, wants to go to war effectively against a peer competitor like Russia or China. Its main competitors in the world that are attempting to unseat it, it's going to uh, it can't go to war with those two countries because they're all have, have nukes, and if you go head to head with our military against your military or try some kind of invasion or whatever, direct contact, you know, with you know, open, you know, open contact, um, then you very quickly raise the, spect- the, the, the prospect of uh, nuclear exchange. So you, you can't do that. So basically, they can't go to war with Russia, ever. They can't go to chi- war with China, ever, directly. Americans can't. Can't have yeah. American troops fighting against... So all the talk about American fu- troops fighting against Russia, whatever. Yeah, there may be American troops fighting against Russian troops, but, or against Russia, but not directly. Um. So the, the only choice in that situation is to have some kind of a proxy war.
0: Yeah. You brought up the 2020... Um, case of the U.S. mediating through Switzerland with Iran to show the extent to which that was contrived, or at least kept within parameters, as evidence for what probably just happened as well with these airstrikes last uh, on Friday. There's, there's even more direct evidence. The, the AP reports that the U.S. before doing so got on the deconfliction phone lines with Russia. Mm-hmm. Because you'd wonder, there's Russian AD all over Syria, right? So can Americans just go in there? No, they have to call first. When that happens, they're going to tell the Syrians, who are going to tell the militias. Now, they say 40, Reuters is reporting 40 people were killed in the 85 sites hit with 125 missiles. Is that a lot? I don't think so. i say most of them got out. They probably don't give... The Russians' precise locations, but Mm -hmm. they give them some idea of the general area. So forty killed is probably limited, thanks to having to call the Russians first, who tell the Syrians their allies, who tell the militias. So Mm -hmm. that was another. That was what took place last week. That's that's, that's the current example of that deconfliction four years ago Mm -hmm. with Iran, Um, and, and, and underscore how like. This is happening all the time. Yesterday, yesterday, the same PMU, Iraqi um, anti-ISIS axis of resistance fighters, issued another statement claiming they had attacked yesterday the other main U.S. base in Syria at Al-Hasaka up in the northeast near the border with Turkey. This is reported in Xinhua, a Chinese agency. But um, mm-hmm. an Iraqi Shiite militia, that's the PMU, claimed responsibility for another drone attack on a U.S. military base in northeastern Syria. Um, they claimed they launched an explosive-laden drone to attack a U.S. base without giving details about casualties. Do they even get to know themselves? Um, it's crickets in the media. Mm-hmm. Crickets. There's no. There's, there's no big <laughs> Pentagon presser. There's no wave <clears throat> of condemnation in the headlines in the New York Post and the Washington New York Times, the Washington Post. It's just. It's just another one. Yeah, which underscores that they picked one last week to run with. Mm-hmm. We we gotta sh- we gotta show these people in in the Middle East that we're still in the game, kind of thing, you know. Let's let pick one of them. Okay, go. Whereas every day, the U.S. base is getting hit somewhere. The figures are wild; like wildly vary. But isn't it like something like one hundred and sixty? Yes, I said one hundred uh, and sixty. Uh, like but I haven't hit in three months.
1: Yeah, but that's what I said, and it's it's not. Um, I don't think this. Then picking this one to to publicize it uh, was had anything to do with. Um, showing anybody anything or, you know, showing them that we're still in the game or anything like that. I mean, they've been launching missiles and, and responding on several occasions already. Um, there were 165 attacks since October 7th against, of, of one form or another against U.S. bases in Iraq and Syria. Uh, I think the main reason that they decided to go public with this was because to give Biden uh, a presidential moment in front of the cameras a pres- right. in a presidential election year. Right. That's the only reason. I mean, nobody, nobody's under any doubt that America is involved in the Middle East. I mean, they're, 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 they're talking... The, the media, the Western media is, you know, replete with reports on them attacking the, the Houthis and, and, you know, and there's no problem about making it clear that they're fully engaged in, in protecting the Middle East or protecting their interests in the Middle East, etc., The question as to why they would bring up when there are very unlikely have been other deaths amongst 165 attacks against U.S. bases uh, in Iraq and Syria over the past four months, uh, why why they have, when they have ignored all of those or, or silenced all of those or downplayed all of those and not mentioned them, why they would suddenly announce these three. They didn't need to do it to justify attacks and that's not even mentioned in Israel which has been just happily and nonchalantly uh, attacking Iran's quote-unquote Iran-backed militias or Iran's Iranian interests in Syria uh, for, for repeatedly over the past uh, three or four months and even and long before that Israel has been doing it forever and, and when Israel does that they're doing it very much in line with American interests. When you hear that Israel has attacked Syria that may as well be America has attacked Syria. So uh they have no problem in doing that or in, in, in launching strikes whenever they feel like it. They don't need to announce the death of three soldiers to justify it. So I think the only reason that they announced the death of three soldiers was, like I said, to give Biden a presidential moment.
0: Yeah. It's funny you mentioned Israel and Iran. and um, You remember two weeks ago, Israeli airstrikes, presumed because they never admit it, but whatever, hit, hit um, a house diplomatic house mm-hmm. of some type yeah. in Damascus yeah. and, and killed five IRGC. In this yeah. case, they really were because they ran themselves, put out the photos and the names of these people. They were IRGC, Iranian actual advisors in mm-hmm. Damascus. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what happened right after the American airstrikes against the IRGC? That's what they told the people. But they No, no. They were hitting the PMU, anti-ISIS PMU. Mm-hmm. And then they were telling Iran behind the scenes, we're not actually going to hit your people. We're going to hit the the militias that we know you're linked with, but they're not actually you. Proxy warfare, right? Israel goes, hold my beer. Early hours of Friday morning, they did it again. Israeli Israeli jets took off from Golden Heights, targeted a building in Damascus, and killed an actual IOGC guy, this fellow, and Iranian media published his photo name. Yep, he -hmm. was IOGC. Scroll down for the text. Um, in the early hours of Friday morning. It, again, they're like, the, Israel watches the contrived show and they go, hey, no, no, no. No, no, no. We're not going to pretend to hit around here. We're going to hit them yeah, somehow. Yeah.
4: Yeah.
0: Which is exactly what happened four years ago as well, we think. Remember your theory that um, Israel threw in a, a spanner in the works mm-hmm. in that negotiated settlement via Switzerland when that plane was shot down the civilian airliner
1: uh, over Israel Yeah,
0: that was right after Soleimani over Tehran yeah so yeah Iran was hit by Israel under cover of America pretending to hit Iran but not and pretending to do so in Jordan but in Syria (laughs) It's, it's it's like so phony it's it's phony war it's kind of it's kind of gay, but like you said, there is a serious reason for it. It's to avoid, you know.
1: Escalation, and everybody's talking about, you know, everybody's, as as each event occurs, they're like, the media, the Western media, have you believe that, that this is about to spill over into, you Armageddon, know. Escalation. the Telegraph yeah. headline last week. Yeah. It was Armageddon here. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. Um. There's probably more on this, but that's all connected with other issues. Lloyd Austin's back. He's finally appeared after a month. Mm-hmm. See? He was just cancer, Joe. You with your wild conspiracy theories. Yeah, Ridiculous. Let's have a look. This is him appearing on stage um, Thursday for his first Pentagon press conference in at least a month. Um... Remember, the story is he's been missing because he um, had prostate surgery in early December or mid-December, just before Christmas. Um, But then he forgot to tell anyone and Biden didn't know about it. So here he is last week. Oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. anyway after giving he, he basically did a mea culpa I'm sorry yeah I, I, I've been a bad boy I should have told people that's just
1: yeah and does I mean the main point there is uh, does does chemo for prostate cancer usually cause you limp no um, as we mentioned before, um, um, UTI, does your u- urinary tract infection usually end up with a two-week stay in intensive care? Nope. But apparently... And why the need to hide it? Well, just because he's a private individual private kind of guy and doesn't like to bother anybody with his problems, you know, even though he's the the Secretary of Defence and, like, by law, he's He's required to tell everybody on the same day. And he has a history of doing that immediately whenever he, for example, like we mentioned in a previous show, uh, he had COVID on the very next, the very same day that he tested positive, he announced to, on on the Department of Defence website, that he had tested positive and he would be working from home. He was very on the ball about uh, his legal duty to inform people of his... um, Inform the country, inform the government of his uh, unavailability for whatever reason. But this time, it was 22nd of December. He already obviously had screenings before that. Mm. Uh, 22nd, and then eventually goes in uh, on 22nd of December for prostate surgery. is in hospital for like a week or something over Christmas, and all this time. Not a word about the screenings that obviously would have been there to lead up to him having surgery. Not a word about the surgery. Then he's back out just after Christmas, and then he gets complications uh, around the turn of the the year, around the end of the year, uh, and he ends. And apparently the complications were a UTI, and then he's in intensive care from from the first of around the start of January for about ten days, and and it was only on the third or fourth of. Um, January when he was in in, in intensive care for his u t i that he decided to actually tell uh, anybody or came out that he wasn't he wasn't showing up for work very strange, but you know whatever the media says
0: right yeah i'm s- <clears throat> it's it's kind of freaky how few people um question it hmm you know it's like but then we have you know government officials pretending all the time saying one thing doing another like in this case like in the scenario we're, we're positing he he would have gone to ukraine and not declared it yeah of course which happens, apparently, because just two weeks prior, in late November, he'd been in Ukraine. Photoshoot, Metzoluzhny, there they are. Only, okay,
1: Only when you go to the presidential
0: so apparently uh, they residence. Are, they do also do other things where they're not on the record. It's off the record. All the time. All the time.
1: So, um, Especially when they're going to places that were for staging and uh, decision-making centres, as, as the Russians call them. Uh, covert decision-making centres where you have NATO... And US personnel uh, interacting with the Ukrainian personnel and telling them what's up and how they have to keep fighting against the Russians, the last Ukrainian, etc., cetera, et cetera. Um, So obviously it seems that um, Austin was there. Mm. Yeah, Austin was there. They backdated the whole prostate thing, so he was there around the turn of the year, basically, and uh, he got and, um But survived, huh? Yeah. Not survived, but had a bit of shrapnel damage there. Um, obviously something to do with the legs, something lower, lower extremities, lower he body. He
0: said um, complications arising from the surgery were extreme pain in the leg, abdomen, and hip. Mm. So mm. there's a whole lower half, yeah. Initially, when the first photos of him were when he gave a statement or joined a conference, like in his hospital robe mm. two weeks ago. And they only showed him from here up. <laughs> they weren't going to show anything yeah.
1: else. So extreme pain—that's that's a common symptom of of a, UTI, a urinary tract infection—is extreme pain in the in the legs. What do they say? The legs and the hip and the abdomen. Legs, abdomen, hip. Yeah, extreme pain. Um, generally speaking, UTI causes you pain in your PP if you're a man, uh, and that's about it. Um, Especially when you're passing, when you're when you're peeing, that's that's when you have uh, a pain. Uh, doesn't usually radiate out, up to your abdomen. Certainly not into your legs or your hips. Uh, that's 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 something else was going on there. Because um, that's the official story was that he had a urinary tract infection. That was the, and that's what ended him up in intensive care. Yeah. it's just I don't know. People don't care about uh, horseshit they, they just are happy to swallow piles of horse manure and say, thanks, can I have some more? Um, I don't know, what about, but the thing about it is, if you notice that, um, where's where's uh, Russian Chief of Staff, Gerasimov. I haven't seen him in a long time. Yeah?
0: Yeah. Is there a, a similar... Theory in the West about him, as there is about Lloyd Austin,
1: missing well, election actually, The Ukrainians are were obviously obviously it immediately, saying that we took him out and that kind of stuff, and that there was reports previously that they tried to uh, that the Ukrainians had tried to kill him. You know, way back in I think it was way back last year and. Uh, um. Mm. Blah, blah, blah. October, sorry, October twenty fourth, in Business Insider, Ukraine nearly assassinated Grasimov, leader of Russia, according to a military report. And then this is a more recent one: Putin's top generals have gone missing. They so, Ukraine's security service tried to kill Grasimov, chief of general staff, as co- according to the Washington Post. So, there's been report of Business Insider, and it's according to the Washington Post. When he vi- and this is when he visited the front l- front lines in uh, sometime in in October, um, so. We don't know if that's true or not, but if it is true, then trying to take out Lloyd Austin would be an appropriate response, you know?
0: Right. So, yeah, they're careful to avoid MAD, but everything short of that. Mm -hmm. you, You can target each other as generals and cabinet ministers. Is Putin fair game? If he's flying somewhere and activate a satellite, or is that too much?
1: i say they'd love to, you know, but I don't know why
0: they don't try. Maybe he's just too careful. Well, he he says himself that there have been five attempts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anything else on the Middle East? Well, obviously Israel. Um, Israel's just wait, being, being psycho. It's just the same, isn't it well there have been differences what's this talk about a ceasefire with there were talks in Paris, yeah, doesn't um, seem to
1: be going anywhere think yesterday or early today they bombed um Ria. bombed Rafa uh, which is <coughs> a refugee camp um, <coughs> in the very south of Gaza, so they're continuing to slaughter Palestinians um with abandon and uh, to the point that you know the you know, Palestinians literally have nowhere else to go now. They're in the bottom in the south of Gaza, and the Israelis are, are focusing on that now. So, um don't know what else to say about the Israelis. Um, I think I've said all there is to say,
0: really. Uh, well, uh, the ceasefire supposedly is three months, and it's the exchange of prisoners and hostages. Yeah, I heard about it's that. all but worked out, but... N-
1: no movement on it
0: yet. We'll have to wait and see, but... Apparently, they have ground forces in the north Gaza city itself. They have moved out.
4: Mm. Yeah, um, there's, there's drone footage
0: from there, which is just like, mm-hmm. wow. You can actually like see across the whole strip now to the sea. The mm-hmm. buildings are gone. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. They've, I suppose it's maybe not as intense as it was. A couple of months ago, but it's still crazy. Like Rafa is the last place, like you said, and they did announce it. This, they didn't just they're not just negotiating in Paris with someone, a Qatari official, I think, with a three-month plan about how they would mm-hmm. completely end it or stop it. At the same time, the Israeli government announced that they're going to end Rafa. Mm-hmm. And that's the last post- that's where most people are packed right now in the mm-hmm. very south um this morning they hit a kindergarten yeah kindergarten uh, camp um okay so while this is going on um this is i even like the, there's enough mainstream western reports on this that um obviously Western media is mostly carrying water for Israel, but not always. You know, It's so flagrant and egregious what they're doing and shocking <laughs> that even MSM is like, what the hell? So this is a report from British Channel 4 News about a big powwow conference that was held in Israel last week. Hmm. Um, have a listen. Yeah. You wouldn't think there
5: was a war on that young Israeli reservists are being killed, not to mention Palestinians. Mind you, those at last night's conference for the victory of Israel in Jerusalem care little for Palestinian life. They think Palestinians should be deported from Gaza to make way for Israeli settlers. Mm. At least 10 Israeli government ministers attended the meeting arguing to resettle Gaza even though such views are at odds with official government policy.
2: It is time to return home. It is time to return to the land of Israel. It's time to encourage emigration. It's time to impose the death penalty on terrorists. It's time to win.
5: The families on stage have signed up to resettle Gush Katif. Gaza settlements that were dismantled by the Israeli government in 2005. They want to turn back history, to use this moment of crisis to expel Palestinians from Gaza in 2024, as they were expelled from what became Israel in 1948 and from the West Bank in 1967. There will be no Arabs in the Gaza Strip. They will go to Turkey, to Scotland, to Britain.
4: I don't want to kill them. I want them out of Gaza, and we'll use different methods. One of them is not to give them any humanitarian aid, so the
5: countries of the world will have pity on them and take them. At Kerem Shalom, a crossing point from Israel into Gaza, activists, some of them relatives of Israeli hostages, have been trying to turn theory into practice by blocking aid trucks. They're not actually managing to stop the aid. But they say flour and sugar doesn't just feed hungry children, but provides the raw materials for explosives. They see no distinction between Palestinian civilians and Hamas. Inside Gaza, people continue to flee south from fighting between the Israel Defense Force and Hamas in Khan Yunus. They go by whatever means they can find. These are the people the Israeli right wing wants to push not just to Gaza's southern tip, but out to Egypt and beyond. They're dependent on aid from UNRWA, the UN Agency for Palestinian Refugees. The Israelis say they have evidence that 12 UNRWA staff were involved in the Hamas attack on October the 7th. Although UNRWA has sacked the accused, some countries, including the UK, have paused funding pending an investigation. We're forced into tents. Our children need to be vaccinated and pregnant women to give birth. Where will they go? Education has stopped. What will these children do? Where will we take them? UNRWA is our future and our life. Who else will support us? Israel's far right has no pity for Palestinian civilians. They may not succeed in resettling Gaza, but the attacks of October the 7th have only served to bolster them. They see this as a moment of opportunity.
0: Israel's far right. That's the only sense in which she was carrying water because there are polls in Israel today, still like last week, showing that upwards of 60% or even two-thirds of Israelis think the IDF didn't do enough Mm -hmm. in Gaza. Mm -hmm. Not, didn't kill enough, didn't kill them fast enough. So this is just the far right. Far right in the Western mind, oh, that's the fringe minority, Mm -hmm. you know. No, it's the mainstream. Well, it's, no, it's the whole country. It's the substantial portion of the country. Um. Yeah. Worst, I mean,
1: a really kind of scary proposition is... um, as if this, can, you know, there's no reason to think this won't continue on, and Israel won't continue on doing what it's doing and squeezing the Palestinians, the, 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 the Palestinians in Gaza, um, and making life more and more intolerable for them. And if this year, as some in the World Health Organization are, are anticipating, there's some kind of a new pandemic coming. Uh, then things could get really really bad for her. we could cover let's say under under which uh, Israel could um, really enact a final solution for the for the Palestinians in Gaza you know what I mean um, and that's not even considering the you know, possible supply chain and issues and all that kind of stuff as the world with the COVID business you know what I mean we have shortages of food and, and people not being allowed in in case you spread the spread the disease you know uh, basically countries locking down and shutting down their borders and, and very little getting in or out, you know well, maybe not very little but um, Israel could use that as an opportunity to uh, under cover of something like that to really do what we all know they're trying to do right now, you know
0: <coughs> yeah <coughs> Um. In Ukraine. We didn't mention it last week. Oh we I think we did. Everyone knows the Yuki shot down that Russian plane outside Belgorod. Mm-hmm. Um, with a patriot. With a patriot, that's what that's what the Russians said? Or was that admitted the, the French all admitted the way around? An American Patriot missile. The Americans is, didn't admit it, but the French admitted it basically. Okay.
1: Via uh, it was in it was in um, Associated Press, I think, an article. Associated Press quoting some French minister or something saying that, recognized that it was a Patriot missile, which is, because originally the Russians had actually said, wondered if it was a French air defense missile. So the French were like, no, that was uh, they that found was number. That, that was American. So they made, made a more or less official statement on it, you know, which is right. kind of like throwing America mm-hmm. under the bus in a certain sense, because like, initially it was even like some Western like CNN or something suggests that it might have even been a, a kind of a friendly fire incident that was actually Russia that shot it down you know so well that's not really possible anymore when the French government has more or less said yeah it was a patriot missile because I'm pretty sure the Russians don't have any patriot missiles um so yeah and then the follow on from that seems to be that at least it's coincidental that Zaluzny we talking about Zaluzny the the chief of the Ukrainian armed forces is on the way out or is behind the scenes is already booted yeah um is that because of a fallout from from someone whoever made the decision or didn't do due diligence and avoid shooting shooting down a plane full of Ukrainian uh, prisoners of war coming back prisoner of war coming back to Ukraine? Pretty bad, like you know what I mean? I mean, in any other country, that would be a massive scandal, like yeah. yeah. I mean, there's your heroes, right? Yeah, who had fought valiantly for the freedom of Ukraine and were captured by At the, the Azov style, yeah,
0: and were captured by the Russians, and now they're here, they're coming home, and then you shoot. Them. <laughs> There's only two okay. countries I can think of that treat their own like that. Ukraine is one, and Israel, mm. with the hostages, is another. Um, yeah, it, it, it seemed to me that Zelensky actually fired Zelensky last week and then brought him back. Because the Americans said, uh, what are you doing? Well, you think you're the president of Ukraine or something? Maybe, but what what Zelensky boasted about was having the backing of all the other top echelon of military in Ukraine. Yeah, but the he people. says, "What are you going to do?" Mm-hmm. And then he he posted photos of himself on Facebook and his Instagram accounts, meeting with some other far right OUN mm-hmm. old school banderite, mm-hmm. with bandera in the background, nasty insignia everywhere. You know, going like this, like come and get me. Yeah, I have these guys behind me. You yeah. can't get rid of me.
1: I don't know how that whole thing's holding up. Like it, it can only be being—it's pro- only being propped up by, by American money, you know.
0: Um. And then um, on Ukrainian Telegram, someone allegedly this is a leaked transcript of delusionary ragging on Zelensky. Um, it's either a transcript from phone or text conversation. I'm not sure. It's an example of some of the things. Um, Excerpt from Telephone Conversations between them, or by Zelensky about Zelensky. Uh, F him, I won't talk to him. He's effing high again. He's a retard. The whole country's laughing. Nickname for Zelensky used by Zelensky. Homo joker, fucking comedian, (laughs) 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 Mm -hmm.
1: short-assed.
0: Krivorog, imbecile.
1: Brad Stewart Little.
0: Look at the one down the bottom. Small Mossad agent. <laughs> that must be an issue. Like, mm-hmm. so many of them are genuine, like, anti-Semitic, like, you know, uh, bona fide neo-Nazis, and they've got a Jewish leader. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there may be more behind that, of course. What, what was that a reference to, you know? Um. Zelensky has boasted in the past that he would his dream his vision for Ukraine is to become a new greater Israel. Scroll down if we would just take a look at this document. How legit is this? Oh, hard to tell from here. It kind of depends on where it was leaked on Telegram. Who was the source but mm-hmm. Yeah, I can imagine. It, 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 it's prob- probably in the ballpark because their, their spat is so public mm-hmm. as well. Um, I don't know. In, in ordinary circumstances, this would be like a W for Russia because y- you would see this and go, okay, the, the regime is, is is about to teeter. There'll either be a coup or something, something mm-hmm. like that. It's about to go. Another, a, a reverse Maidan. But <laughs> Ukraine will just keep going because... They just got 50 billion from the European Union, ostensibly to pay salaries because the the country's a corpse. Someone in, I think, the Hungarian government that tried to block this with a veto mm-hmm. said the the economy's a corpse. Well, what's the point in giving 50 billion? Well, it's, to, it's to keep it propped up. Mm-hmm. And from uh, clapping, and it it it's economically. It's, it's been paused, but the U.S. is trying to convince Congress to give another 50 billion as well. Mm-hmm. So... As long as you can keep the injections going, it doesn't matter how bad it looks yeah. in Kiev and vis-a-vis the military and on the front lines because yeah. they'll just keep, it's, it's a zombi-
1: keep it alive. It's a zombie state until they withdraw it and then it just collapses overnight almost, you know what
0: I mean? Yeah. Um, and Orban, well, he's he, he didn't sell out. I think it's... He had no other choice. Right. He, ex- he explained that, you know, well, we took it as far as we could go. It, mm-hmm. If we were to really, like, uphold our veto, we, we were we were told we would have just been ignored and we, Hungary, would not have gotten... The funds
1: from the funds EU themselves. We, yeah. so they would have given that to Ukraine as well. Probably.
0: Um, but what what Orban managed to get out of it was a specific guarantees that the contribution... Ukraine makes that fifty. Hungary makes that fifty billion for Mm -hmm. Ukraine goes to to civilian purposes. Mm -hmm. Whether it does or not, who the hell knows? In Ukraine, something like eighteen billion has been pilfered and invested in Western assets, like mansions in Switzerland. Um, Who knows? But at least Orbán's trying to get that on the record, because as he explained, actually, maybe we should listen to the whole thing because it's just a minute of. An interview he gave when he came back to Budapest um, to explain why he'd backed down on this. Um, yeah, he explains that, look, in the long run, Russia's going to win anyway. So I want Russia, he's kind of like saying between the lines, I want Russia to see that we tried mm-hmm. not to be part of this. Have a listen.
2: i <laughs> Tehát azt tudom mondani, hogy ha ez a megállapodás nem jön létre, és Magyarország használja a vétójogát továbbra is, akkor az a helyzet állt volna elő, hogy megegyeznek 26-os körben, elküldik a pénzt Ukrajnának, a nem tudom megakadályozni, és még a magyaroknak járó pénzt is elveszik, és azt is el fogják küldeni. Miért lett volna ez jó? És végül is találtunk egy megoldást, egy megállapodást, egy jó megállapodást. Mi nem küldünk fegyvert, megkapjuk a pénzünket Brüsszelből, és egyébként Ukrajna föntartásához, civil fenntartásához hozzá fogunk járulni. Továbbra is azt gondolják a nyugatiak, hogy az idő az a ő a mi oldalunkon van. Tehát minél tovább tart a háború, annál inkább javulni fog Ukrajna katonai helyzete. Én Akkor miért a Yeah, so his explanation at the end there. Of basically,
0: the, the rational approach to all this thing, looking like in the long run, time is not on the west side. So why keep it going? You know. Mm-hmm. I wonder what they tell themselves in NATO and Brussels and Washington. Like, I doubt, as he suggested there, that they believe that if they just keep giving Ukraine money, eventually there'll be a break and the tide will turn. I don't think they really believe that. Mm-hmm. But it must be like the X factor of having special information Special knowledge about other upcoming things that will eclipse all this, mm-hmm. so that Russia's W, its win, won't matter mm-hmm. in the end. You know.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Having said that, I think we should be fair. Like, oh, well, fair. I'm not sure. You tell me what you think. The Yuki sank another Russian mm. ship last week. Okay, it's just a Corvette, but I mean, there's 50 mm. dead sailors. I don't know how much it is it survive. Russia's quiet about it. The Ivanovets. Um, now this was done with. Uh, sea surface drones—they've—they've uh, they've been in play since the beginning. I remember seeing the first one mm-hmm. in 2022, and for the most part, the Russians like have successfully fended off attacks. Mm-hmm. But this—I don't know how many swarmed their ship, and they got it. Mm-hmm. Like that's not just a symbolic win. I think for Ukraine, it shows that drone production um, and an edge—not just a technology edge, but an actual military edge. Mm-hmm it's still there in Ukraine's, in, it's, even though it's, it's a corpse, there's still like some serious potential to sustain a war, keep it going, hence the billions. As long as you can produce
1: the weapons, like, and in terms of sea drones, you know what I mean? I mean, they're not doing very well in producing enough weapons for the actual regular Ukrainian army, but in terms of like sinking the old ship, that's just a propaganda effort, you know? The Russians, there's no, no reference to it at all that I found in any Russian media. That it actually happened uh, all, there's just um, there's video evidence there were obviously there was first of all video evidence on telegram and then you saw it, it was reported quite widely in the western media um, and there was you know the video evidence seemed to would know, look legitimate <clears throat> um, but the Russians just said absolutely nothing about it as if it didn't happen although I saw, re- saw a report on people who were confirming it from their sources on telegram said that uh, all of the sailors were evacuated. Uh, there weren't that many so uh, they were all evacuated um, but yeah that, that particular ship there's there's a few of them in the Russian Navy and they you know they had been used in um, I mean they fire cruise missiles and stuff like that you know so it's not nothing sm- but it's a relatively small ship but um, yeah it's strange that the Russians just said absolutely nothing about it yeah um, and then during the week also talking about ch- shooting at ships there was the USS uh, Gravely Mm in the, in the Red Sea, had to uh, use its uh, close-in weapon system, uh, which is basically like a, I think it's called a phalanx. It's a rotary cannon, like an automated kind of R2-D2-looking thing that's, you know, targets and it's got radar or whatever it targets targets, but just fires, you know, fairly big-caliber uh, bullets, uh, a large quantity in a short period of time at, you know, any incoming missiles. It's the last line of defense, basically, you know, something like maybe like three kilometers away, It'll start to target when something gets through, and then at, at uh, two kilometres, it'll start shooting at it. Um, and then CNN reported it as being within a mile that the, the, the Houthi missile got within a mile of the ship before it was shot down by this, by this uh, rotary rotary cannon. So, um, But it was kind of interesting because there's a video of it, and um, the Houthis claimed they hit it. Well, they didn't say that spe- specifically. They said that um, they said that it had successfully targeted um, the successfully targeted the, the the US. I don't know if they named it as Gravely, but the US, a US Navy ship, and that they had successfully hit then a um, an American commercial ship that was heading to Israel, and that was confirmed by everybody because there was a fire on a ship that was. Uh, on a US registered um, yeah. uh, commercial ship, you know, but before on the same day published, yeah, on the same day they the, and the Houthis published the 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 video. Um, so I don't know. I mean, maybe it was it's a pretty close call. Yeah, I mean, when you have to use your your last defense, your last line of defense, which is just uh, bullets, basically, <laughs> albeit fired very quickly and, and and many of them. But this is the um, video. Um, of that event at the beginning
2: Hours so it's I don't know if that's the a missile or not but anyway no it's Yemeni probably Yahya ok the of the US it's ship Koy, which that's was the, the explosion see it does Palestine
1: seem to be it does seem soldiers. to
0: be a, an explosion close up. Okay,
1: go back to the beginning again mm-hmm. and you can look at it again It's the first time you see it is below the ticker. Actually, the first ex- part of the explosion you see below the ticker. After this one, right there, um, it does seem like it's you know not. Then it not sails the away, ship. but with smoke. Uh-huh. Well, I mean that's the question is, is whether or not the the smoke is from like it has smokestack, right? It's got a a gas gas engine, which generally don't produce a lot of smoke anyway. It's um, I think it has it, it, they also have a diesel engine that they can use with the gas powered turbine it's basically like a jet engine um, but the smokestack is up high you know what I mean Scotty's got a freeze frame of the the moment there yeah so it, it, it does look to be in front of it you know but yeah, it, how beforehand. close it is like within a mile can be you know 500 yards uh, but if you look at this picture uh, of it uh, this from the video as well But yeah you see that you know mm, but if you look at this picture it's sailing away uh, if you click on the picture getting bigger uh. See the smokestack, see that black part, more or less. In the center? Yeah. That's, that's like, generally where the smokestack is, and there's smoke coming from there, but look at the smoke coming, like, at the back of these ships is yeah. a helipad, a big flat area of a helipad. It looks to me like there's smoke coming from the very back of it, you know, and there's no smoke, there's no exhaust down there, basically, right? Yeah. Um, I'm just wondering if it wasn't close enough that it could have actually damaged the ship in some way, you know, like yeah. not, not serious damage, but that it could have, the, you know, the shrapnel from the explosion shooting down the, the, the missile from within a mile, whatever that means, however, however close that actually means, it could have actually caused some damage uh, to at least start a little fire on the back of the ship. And we call that, call that one a win.
0: Well, call that one a hit. CNN, CNN, probably reported it accurately. Then they said it was a very close call. Yeah. So they're they're nervous. They're nervous enough to try to get China. Remember to, to ask Iran, who they just attacked in quotes, mm. to ask the Houthis to please stop. So yeah, the Houthis could yet sink something. They could yet sink a ship, an American military ship. They could. But it could happen. Even then, but it's not going to be Armageddon because
1: that's the kind of escalation that they want to, that the Americans want to avoid. You know, right? Because um, that's you know, it's like like we we're just talking the uh, talking earlier on about uh, why they why they publicized the death of those three, three, three soldiers in in Syria is because, well, because I think they wanted to use it as propaganda for Joe Biden to make him look presidential, etc. So uh, that carries a lot of weight, you know. That kind of stuff carries a lot of weight—the propaganda and the appearance of America's prowess. And I mean, they're happy to use like a 9/11, for example. That was, you know, a, 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 this horrible wound inflicted on us, and and they they got as much as they possibly could out of that. So they they're not averse to um, you know showing that they've been that they've been hit, that they've been wounded, that they've been. Mm. That they got their ass kind of, sort of ha handed to them a, a little bit, so they're a little averse to that as long as it can be. But generally speaking, they won't just do it and say, "Oh, look, we got we got punched in the face," you know. <clears throat> They'll only do that um, when it's for the per- from for some other purpose that is it's worth worth that you know. So, because the American people are very sensitive, you know. Uh, very sensitive about the military and about their own reputation and their, their sense of people in general and they don't like to hear that they've been brought up their whole life thinking that we're the greatest nation on earth, with the greatest military on earth and so it, would, it, it affects them quite badly when they hear any of their soldiers being or they're encouraged to believe that any of their soldiers or any, of their, any part of their military has in any way been damaged or hurt or whatever um, so they when, when you expose the American people that you have to make sure that you're going to you're going to provide a remedy for for that that pain that pain, which is now we're going to smack the people. Who, we're going to go after the bad, bad guys. You know what I mean? Yeah, we're going to go after people who did nine eleven to us. We're going to go after Bin Laden. We're going to spend ten years hunting for Bin Laden. We're going to get him, and finally, when we get him, there'll be thousands of people outside the White House just in, in ecstasy, basically. USA, <laughs> USA, chanting USA, USA. So I think propaganda is very important for them. You know, so they want for them escalation would be. Uh, or the worst, the worst. One of the worst kind of worst case scenarios they, that the American government, duty White House, whatever could envision, and the military as well could envision is where one of um, a major U.S. military asset is legitimately taken out, and they can't. They weren't prepared for it, and they have to just suck it up. Nightmare, you know. Yeah. Because think a U.S. aircraft carrier. And then what do you do? And you claim it's the Houthis, whoever, the whatever, Iran, Iran, backed, Iran, backed, whoever. The Iran backed whoever did it.
0: What are you going to do then? You're going go to th- go through Switzerland and say to the Iranians, look, that was pretty horrible, right? So we need a city. Give us just, you pick the city. <laughs> we'll just level it, you know, dumb.
1: But no, but at the same time, they're going to have to say, we don't want it to escalate this. Hmm. So we're going to have to negotiate with Iran something that is commensurate with the sinking of a major, of, of a US ship. And but without without with it being okay for Iran, you know, that Iran will be able to accept it. <laughs> it's pathetic. It's yeah, pathetic. It's, it's pathetic. so
0: <laughs> pathetic. It's it's so Western liberal. Mm-hmm. You know? It's slimy. Um The Texas border showdown. Mm. You know, it I wasn't I had to look for this information. Uh wasn't that hard in the end. Reuters did carry it. So there was a trucker convoy. There is. Excuse me, it is. It's currently still heading for Eagle Pass. But it looks like it's just a few hundreds. Um, so it hasn't galvanized Americans anywhere near like... But then it's it's a different time. Freedom convoy in, in Canada was because Justin Trudeau wanted everyone vaccinated or else. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Take back our border. Take our border back. Vehicle convoy to rally near Mexico, US-Mexico border. Um, I think they say up to 300 trucks, but they could be downplaying it as well. Yeah,
1: I think that hasn't really gone anywhere because it, it seemed, I think the Biden administration has basically backed down. Um, right. They have uh, removed... They're not challenging the Texas National Guard, basically. They've decided not to put in the federal border agents, whatever. They've decided to remove the the federal border agents and and at least tell them not to interfere with what the Texas National Guard is doing. And Texas now is actually putting up its own border fence, supposedly. Right. Um, So there's not really a need for these guys really anymore, you know, at least so far, unless it were to re-escalate in some way. But it seems to have been de-escalated, basically, you know what I mean? Uh, maybe Biden thinks that... But the problem is that it's still a problem. Yeah. Texas, Texas now has, still has a problem in the sense that there's a whole infrastructure uh, set up to facilitate the entry of uh, illegal immigrants into, in, into Texas and into the US, you know, and, and it's been going on for many years. And maybe the Biden administration think this, thinks they've got enough at this point, <laughs> or maybe they're content that Texas won't be able to fully stem the flow and they'll be able to work covertly in facilitating that flow in other ways, you know what I mean, maybe they instead of going publicly or head-to-head with with the Texas National Guard and the governor, uh, they'll do it in more covert ways where, you know I mean, how hard is it for uh, to get some some guys to go down and knock down a a a, a chunk of the border fence or cut open a chunk of the border fence, do you know what I mean, you can if you have enough, if you're willing to put those resources into it, you can try and I mean, it probably is difficult if, as long as Texas is patrolling the border, but it's a very long border, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and
0: that's just like a patrol, yeah. 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 I, it's 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 jaw-dropping what, how this is. It, the scale of it is just unfathomable. I mean, th- this is no longer, like, this isn't, people are having a conversation about it that they imagine it's the, it's the old left-right stance on it. Oh, let them in. Oh, that's too many. This this is something different. We're talking about, just under Biden's four years, something like 11 million people. Mm. That, as Musk has pointed out recently, <clears throat> there are more migrants in the United States, specifically like illegals, that mm. come across the southern border, than there are people being born. Mm-hmm. The US population is, is growing mm-hmm. at the same rate it was before, mm-hmm. but the growth is... Over fifty percent of that growth is not from births, mm-hmm. it's from arrivals. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know of any other <coughs> situation ever. There's never been a wave of migrants like that. Even the fam- U.S. is famous. Like the thing they keep referring to is you know, Ellis Island. Mm-hmm. You know, bring all your needy and stuff like that. The U.S. is ba- it's, a, it's a nation of migrants and stuff. The rates of migrant entries at the peaks, which back in the day, in the 1890s produced a similar kind of social crisis where people were like, no, this is too many, and Mm -hmm. they started to close it down periodically, Mm -hmm. was like a fraction of the percentage, even relative to the total population, that Mm -hmm. there is today. Mm -hmm. There's no comparison. There is no... People are imagining, oh, this is... Yeah, this is the same old thing. We've always... This has been a left-right issue going back centuries. This is something totally different. Now, the conspiracy theorists on the far right, when their terms replacement, migration, and stuff like that, they start to have meaning. You see they weren 't nuts after all it's yeah, yeah, the scale is just unfathomable like I saw um and the fact that there's either no discussion about it or if you do see discussion about it in the media, it's along the lines I just mentioned. You know, oh, this is an old left-right thing. Of course, if you're a Democrat, you'll always like – or if you're a Republican, you're always against it's, – mm-hmm. it's not that simple. Like they have – there's a guy who's in New York and he's publishing drone footage. Um, and that's what he did this week. Initially, he broke into – he didn't have to break in. You can just walk into a migrant center. And it's somewhere within view of Ellis Island, in Brooklyn or something. Mm-hmm. Um, some park, it was kids' soccer grounds or something, and he just walked in the gate and he's, he, uh, he got chased out of it, actually. But he uploaded his footage. Anyway, update is this week he published drone footage of it. Um, and the scale of it's massive. It's a huge... Massive tents and facilities and heating and cooking and showering and everything for, yep. for thousands of people and that's just one of them mm-hmm. and they're sh- they're shrooming up all over the place.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, uh, obviously that all relates to uh, this year's presidential election and what they're planning. It may relate to it, you know. I mean. It could be exploited. It could be used. There are obviously other reasons for mass immigration, but it could be used by the Democrats because all, obviously all of these people have, have come in at least under a democratic mandate, right? So if for some way you could get them all to actually be registered voters, uh, then there are not all of them but a chunk of them, a few million, like a uh, swing
0: an election, a few million votes, right? Do you think it could, that's what Musk is theorizing that that's what the, the real rationale for it is? Could votes. Be a, it certainly could be. A that, that was That was said about the... Democrats I mean it was in the movie um gangs of New York mm. the Tammany Hall Democrats of the day they the the migrants would literally come off the boat and they'd give them a voting card you know
1: mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. um yeah it's it's been done before
1: obviously yeah, it's, it's so it's not new in that sense you know but certainly that's why it would it would it would, it would stick out as a, as a possible uh, rationale or one one possible reason one of the possible reasons for having so many immigrants come into to be able to swing an election but i mean this this year's election everybody's like super worried about and all that kind of stuff and I don't know maybe it'll go off smoothly and I can't imagine Biden's going to get another term um because unless it's rigged or something but if Trump um I mean obviously I reckon they could rig an election one way or another so many voting machines and stuff like that they could you know rig an election if they really wanted to although doing it without being exposed might be more difficult but um if they can't rig an election, I mean, maybe they'll just try and who knows? There's when we say when I say they, I mean like the Washington kind of deep state, intelligence, conglomerate type thing. If um, but I think they're just planning to in some way or other mess with this election. Like I think a lot of people have that impression that they're planning to mess with this election some way and make it into a situation where there's there's a, you know that could give rise to some some form of a. Mass civil disturbance or quote unquote civil war of some description um, by having Trump win officially, but then calling it into question, taking it through the courts, and then um, denying him the presidency. And maybe Trump, you know, going ahead and declaring himself president, and then see, this is what we've been warning you about. <laughs> you know, he always wanted to be a dictator, he's going to use the, the military or something to. to to police his his fake his unofficial inauguration, uh, and he won't have it won't be recognised. No way. The Americans always don't recognise the results of elections in other countries. Well, a section of the the Washington establishment this year could very well not recognise the result of this election in their own country, and particularly if it's Trump. Obviously, if it's Trump, Trump who wins uh, or is officially wins, then it's like no, it didn't happen, and um, he's not a president, and he can take up residence in the White House, but Congress. It's going to be split, I suppose, but a big part of Congress, uh, or majority of Congress, will not recognize him as president. Then Congress will run the country, and the White House will just go fish. Uh, Trump can do what he, do whatever he thinks he wants to do, but we're not, you know, there'll be a separation, basically, you know, uh, a, a clear separation between uh, Congress won't play ball with the White House, basically, at all.
0: Um, so you're still going not approving funding. You're all still still going stuff. with the foo bar. This election. Yeah, I think so, yeah. <clears throat> bar. Yeah, of some you have, you have a vivid imagination. Yeah. So I can say. Well, or it could play out like this. You just look at the way they're going. This is, this is how I imagine the CIA hopes it'll go. Real world example. So um, Imran Khan was the democratically elected yeah. prime minister of Pakistan. Well, that's a joke, that whole thing. Um, he was ousted in a no confidence vote last year. Then he was put in prison eventually. Uh, there were lots of protests to keep him out of prison, but once they got him in prison, the protests, I think, have gone away. And by protests, I mean there were freaking riots. Um, last week, Khan was sentenced to 14 years in prison, right before the elections. There's elections in Pakistan mm, this week or next week mm-hmm. for prime minister again. Mm-hmm. Um, He was essentially imprisoned for leaking the very cable between Pakistan's ambassador in Washington to someone else who was technically working under Khan in the Pakistani government back in Islamabad. Mm -hmm. The contents of which concerned, quote, this is from Wikipedia, the U.S. State Department encouraging the Pakistani government to Mm -hmm. remove Khan from office because of his neutrality on the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Mm -hmm. It's all laid out here in the... Wikipedia page. There's a key paragraph here. It doesn't get
1: more w- Orwellian than that, you know. Like
0: this is Where well, you're cu- you're, this is you're, a real-world example of what they do. You're
1: put in prison. Uh, you're you're sentenced and put in prison by the government because you leaked, released a document showing that the government was attempting to with with uh, undermine uh, you. Uh, Traitors within the what, government. That the US was 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 pushing the government to to stage a coup against you and you wanted to release that to the public which is a reasonable thing to do and then you get put in prison for releasing that document for releasing classified information about them trying to get rid of you undemocratically and then on top of that once you're put in prison for that another court case comes along that says you and your wife uh, didn't wait long enough according to Islamic law didn't wait long enough uh, to get married the requisite three months you got married after, uh, after she had divorced her previous husband. You waited two months, and therefore you're getting seven
0: years in prison for that. That's correct. So that was last week. He got 14 years. He just got seven years. BBC right up here. Um, another Pakistani court sentenced Khan to an additional seven years, so he's getting 21 years in total. And he's been in prison since the no confidence, since he was first arrested sometime last year already. So technically it's 22 years. You um, notice this report actually says nothing about how ridiculously unjust this whole thing oh, is. Oh, it's just, is just happy about They're it. just stating, just matter of fact,
1: like, that's just their impartiality. Imran right?
0: Khan, who's, what, half British? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's famous in England. Mm-hmm. He was a celebrity in England. Yep. And they just write him off. Good yeah. luck. He's because, sent down the memory hole he's in because in the he was world. popular and he's democratically un- elected. Right. And because... Here's the here's, here's the,
1: would normally be all over something out like of it ha, if it was on the other side of the ideological fence but absolutely because
0: but because he's Pakistan's Trump in quotes hmm. can you put up that wikipedia page Imran Khan yes um go to do a word search for cipher c y p h e r um C-Y-P-H-E-R. okay according to a leaked classified Pakistani cipher that makes it sound all official, whatever. At a 7th March 2022 meeting between the U.S. State Department meeting, the U.S. State Department encouraged the Pakistani government to remove Khan from office because of a neutrality on the Russian invasion mm. of Ukraine. Khan went to Moscow on February 23rd, <coughs> 2022, the day before the SMO started. He didn't know about that, but whatever. It was a pre-planned meeting, but it was just discuss trade deals. And then a part of that was that he was going to stay out of... Pakistan was not going to take a stance on... Yep. On. So, he, he was, so was, you couldn't be neutral. So a, you had to be fully right. on board with what Martin. Washington wanted. He was, he was arrested was, that that was seventh, for wrong think. That was 7th March. The next day, Pakistan can be organized for the opposition parties to submit the notion of mo, motion of no confidence. Mm-hmm. He fought back Two weeks later, March twenty seventh, waving the dip, it's there's footage of it online. It's, it was in the news in Pakistan, mm-hmm. waving a copy of this document that showed that there was a traitor working in his government with the U.S. State Department to remove him, mm-hmm. and that is the fact that he waved that in public, mm-hmm. that he has just been sentenced to fourteen years for. It.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like this is,
1: so you're, pub- you're, you're how showing how do, you're uh, showing peop- the people of Pakistan, uh, example an example of treason at the behest of. An, an to, at, the, at the behest of the American government and then the Pakistani well like, like I've, I think I've said this before Pakistan is, uh, entirely has been for 40 years or since its creation almost it's, it was a British protectorate basically it was a British vassal state and it's, since then it's, afterwards it was an American vassal state it's entirely the military complex and the, the, the government structure in, in Pakistan has always been wholly um, you know yeah. Subservient to Western interests, and they're very they're very concerned about it, making sure because India is they've had one, too big, and they want to hold on to Pakistan at the very least because Pakistan, where it is Chinese and with an eye on China as well, and the Chinese One Belt One Road initiative and all that kind of stuff, they're fighting against. They're, they're fighting tooth and nail here across the board, and they're, they're willing to stoop to any any depths to um, to maintain America's hegemony in the world, and it's just. They're going to bring the whole thing down as a result of doing it. But maybe that's their plan as well. All that
0: lecturing, Earth, about democracy. I know, yeah. Pakistan does it by the book. And Imran Khan is, oh, he's perfect. He speaks English. He's worldly. Everyone knows him in the West. He should be totally friendly, reasonable. And then they do this to him. I suppose, you know, we should be grateful maybe they didn't assassinate him. They tried to. That's Well, they tried to because they did assassinate Bhutto. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Benicio Bouto, yep. For the same reason. For the same Whatever. reason.
0: They, they, when someone Wanting tries to, be to be actually do something for a country of 250 million people, mm-hmm. no. Not to. Washington puts a call in, and the next day, mm-hmm. the network in that country of 250 million people is organized. Yep. And you're gone. Mm-hmm. That's, that's phenomenal.
1: Yeah. But that's what it's had. It's been entirely been holding to, to this. It's been a, a client state of America. Entirely subverted to American interests for a very long time. Anyway, um, are we done.
0: Uh, yeah, do you do you want to say anything about Northern Ireland's first nationalist? No, no, okay.
1: Um, not much to say there. Um, okay. A bit of a joke. Anyway, um, that
0: is today's joke. Is it?
1: Well, no, I don't have a joke today. I have a statement though.
0: <clears throat> okay.
1: Joe Biden is more confused than Michelle Michelle Obama's gynecologist. so I thought that was a a fact check that and it's true he is more confused than Michelle Obama's gynecologist (laughs) so we're going to leave it there for this week folks we will be back she could be the president she could be our president president of the world very very fitting I think I would love to see it happen anyway um, yeah so we'll be back next time with another show on whatever nonsense as we keep saying, has been going on and it's only going to get more nonsensy as time progresses but we'll try and keep track of it all for you. Um, So we hope you enjoy it. I hope you enjoyed the show today and thanks for watching, listening uh, and chatting and don't forget to smash all the buttons that you feel inclined to smash Uh, and we'll be back, like I said, next time with another show. So until then, We'll uh, say bye-bye.
0: Okay. See you next week. Bye. Soon. Bye, everyone.
4: Can't stop the signal now.